You're listening to Soundside. I'm Libby Denkman. We're headed into the great outdoors to observe one of the mightiest predators on four legs. Your house cat? Okay, maybe Mr. Snowball is more interested in napping in front of the fireplace than going hunting. But make no mistake, cats are serious predators. A study published this week in the journal Nature Communications found that free-ranging domestic and feral cats eat more than 2,000 different species in the wild. And that has ecologists and biologists seriously worried. So what can be done about these cuddly and carnivorous hunters? Katrin Einhorn is a journalist for The New York Times. She covers biodiversity, climate, and the environment, and she's been digging her claws into the habits of our favorite felines. Katrin, hello, and welcome to Soundside. Thank you. Thank you. And if you hear my dog barking in the background, it's not that I'm not a cat person. It's just that I have a dog and a mother-in-law who's severely allergic to cats. (laughs) Okay, going on record, you do like cats. We got to set the table before we have this conversation because people will be wondering. I also love cats. I've had cats many times throughout my life, although I'm a dog person right now. So for most of us, you know, cats are these cuddly companions. They're also a little chaotic. Maybe they claw the couch. They wake you up with meowing at 3 a.m., But you highlight this new study that looks into cats' behavior as predators. First up, what's new about this research? What did uh, researchers discover here? Yeah, it's been known for a long time that cats create a real problem for biodiversity, right? That's not new. But what these researchers did is they sort of exhaustively went through all the records they could find to document all the different species that cats have been found to eat in the world, whether they hunted them or they scavenged them. And it's kind of an astounding number. You know, I ran it by another uh, researcher who's spent a lot of time um, studying cats and their effect on ecosystems. And and he said this is a really useful study because it's a brand new number. It's not new research. They They were sort of compiling what was already there, but no one had done that before. And so, you know, there were some real surprises. Yeah. What kind of surprising uh, animals made this list? Because some of them uh, like really stood out to me. I was surprised that they found that, you know, cats have eaten camel. They have eaten cow, you know, and and of course, those are presumed to be scavenged, right? As as great as cats are at hunting, we don't we don't think that they can bring down even a calf. But also sea turtles, green endangered green sea turtles, and the researchers thought that those were probably hatchlings, which cats, um, you know, would easily be able to hunt and eat. And and really, you know, what he said is basically anything a cat can hunt or scavenge, it will. Like they will eat insects. They eat lots of reptiles. In fact, more species of reptiles than mammals. It was it was about half birds in terms of the breakdown of the species was about half birds. And then the rest, a, you know, a large portion of reptiles, large portion of mammals, and then smaller numbers of insects and amphibians. Monarch butterflies were among those in terms of uh, species that are of concern. Are house cats the main driver of this here, Katrin, or are we talking about feral cats uh, being more involved in the hunting of these really exotic and and, um, far-ranging scope of species? The researchers on this study said it's not really completely clear. It's hard to determine what's what, you know, in terms of their research. Um, and, And they really consider, you know, domestic cats are, are, it's a species, right? So whether they're feral or whether they're, um, your, your pet that you're allowing to go outside during the day or at night or whatever, those are both considered, um, those are all considered domestic cats. They don't exist in the wild. 
So these researchers have compiled a lot of information about what impressive hunters cats are, but what did they have to say about the ecological fallout that this is causing in a lot of places? Yeah, I think that people don't really want to think of our beloved cats as an invasive species. And and then maybe even if they think, well, maybe they think they're just playing a natural role in the ecosystem, like there's hunters and hunted, and that's just natural. But of course, it's not. If, if, if it's people that are introducing a species somewhere that it's never existed before so that the the local animals have no protections against that species, right? And so that's why on islands, cats have caused a lot of devastation that we've known about already and certainly played a role in many extinctions. We domesticated cats in the in the Middle East and North Africa. And, you know, I wonder, I, I haven't found research on this, but I wonder if um, some of the fauna there actually may be better at avoiding domestic cats because they had relationships with small wild cats, right? But if you think of like the United States, there are, there are no native small wild cats to much of, I mean, there's like bobcats. That's I think about as small as it gets, right? In much of the United States. And so now you're introducing this completely different kind of predator to these animals that have not had the time to co-evolve with it. And, and that's what causes so much devastation. I mean, not only with cats, but with countless invasive species around the world. And they are one of many factors that are driving this global biodiversity crisis. So what's being done to address this? As you said, we've known cats are an invasive species for some time. What kind of educational work or actually field work in order to try to keep cat populations controlled is being done? Well, this is where it really gets thorny, right? Um, it's one thing to say to pet owners, please keep your cats inside. And, you know, many of them will and some of them won't. And maybe there's an educational piece there. But there's another question about, you know, the vast number of feral cats um, around the world. And not all those cats, it's, it's not really humane to rehome all those cats. Like some of those cats will never be happy um, living inside a house. They can't really be socialized. And so what do you do with them? This is where, you know, some of the cat wars really do break out, I would say. There's, you know, a big schism between animal welfare people who think of killing cats as just barbaric and horrible and conservation people who think that it's the lesser of two evils, basically, and that in order to protect native biodiversity, it's really just a sort of a difficult thing that that is worth doing. Um, and so there's been some research into this. One of the strategies that's been used is called trap, neuter, return. And that's been looked at, you know, in various studies. But, you know, it's been it's been found often that unless you're doing it really at a high intensity, continuously and across the, the entire region, it hasn't been very effective often um, because basically like there's more cats that keep going into the population. And also you have to really achieve a high percentage of neutered cats to order in order to keep down reproduction. And that's been hard to do. Yeah. The resources involved in that, it, it's just a really high level that it, it's hard to keep up. Fault is a big word here. I mean, you make a point to say that this is not the cat's fault, and it's obviously something on the mind of researchers. It struck me that one of the groups that you talked to, you know, really put forward, they are cat people. They own cats. They do not want to say that cats are bad or at fault here. How should people 
be weighing this in terms of their own role, people's role in spreading this invasive predator around the globe? Well, responsible pet ownership is a, is a huge part of this, right? So, you know, if the more that people dump their cats, I mean, that's a huge problem. In- increasing the feral cat population. Exactly. Yeah. Most conservationists would say that you can, you should absolutely not let your cat outside, that it's just an irresponsible thing to do. And, you know, I had growing up a cat that would sometimes we would let him out on our back porch in Chicago and he would just jump down. Like it was a very high jump. The first time he did it, we thought he was dead. But of course, he was a cat. So he wasn't. And then he learned that he could do it and he loved it. Um, I get it. The cats love going outside. But you really do then have to weigh the ecological consequences of that decision. You know, and and I I do point out at, at the end of the story that I do think there's an ecological upside to indoor cats because one of the issues that um, some of our wildlife populations are facing is rodenticide, right? So rat and mouse poison is used ubiquitously in the United States. These animals then go outside to die and then they are often eaten by foxes and hawks and raptors. So, so you know, if if Instead of using poison, you can use indoor cats to keep the mouse, to keep the mice out of your house, then that then that's a good thing ecologically. How are readers responding to your reporting? I mean, did you get hate mail? Some colleagues of mine who have reported on these issues in the past braced me for hate mail, but um, knock on wood, it hasn't really come. Um, I, I did try and kind of focus the story around consensus and, um, I, you know, kind of moving away from the controversy instead of like blowing it up. You know, as part of that, I asked the the lead researcher, Christopher Lepchik, like, did you have cats? And he was like, yeah, I've had cats for 40 plus years. And he talked about actually how when he was a kid, he ha- his cats went outdoors and he was in grad school when he learned about the problems of outdoor cats. And he went home and he told his mom and then they kept the cats inside from from then on. Um, and I said, do you have cats now? And he said, yes. <laughs> I said, well, please tell me about them. You know, and so it turns out that he has a long-haired Siamese named Mochi and an orange tabby named Ahi. So, you know, he himself has cats. And I personally, in my life, I know people who love cats and love birds. And it really doesn't have to be um, this either or. And we spend a lot of time yelling at each other and kind of digging into our sort of like groups. And so you know, it's nice to try and find the people who are trying to move away from that. Yeah. When you're presenting this information, you know, your mind kind of jumps to this idea of, okay, well, then is it ethical to ever have an outdoor cat? And I won't, you know, make you land on that. But, you know, from my reading, it seems like it's not like if you are a responsible cat owner, you have to bring your cat indoors to protect local wildlife. Um, And it's really hard, I think, as a reporter to uh, bring these stories to the fore because they make people inherently sort of feel a sense of guilt about their past behavior. I mean, how do you approach something like this when you're trying to present this information in the most straightforward, here's the facts, and we're not trying to guilt anybody? Yeah, I mean, that's all you can do is just present the information, right? So, you know, I just included in the story, you know, a study from, I think, 2013, you know, that the the federal government and Smithsonian Institution looked into this, and it turns out, you know, that cats in the United States every year alone, you know, were estimated to kill a median 2.4 billion with a B birds, you know, Um, and, and it's not like that's not having a consequence, because we know that 
that that birds in North America are doing really badly and have gone down by almost 30% in the last since 1970. So, you know, and that's not all because of cats, of course. There are many factors that are driving this biodiversity crisis we're seeing, but in, uh, invasive species is one of them, right? So so I think presenting that and, and you know, I, I, I was happy to include the, the anecdote about the, the lead scientist himself because he himself has seen that in his life, right? He's changed his behavior. You see these same kind of things sometimes with um, people who are um, trying to help biodiversity by planting native plants, you know, and, and then there will be people will get defensive about certain plants that they've planted and they love. And other people will say, well, butterfly bush is invasive and you shouldn't plant it. And people will be like, but I love my butterfly bush and the butterflies are on it. And it gives me so much pleasure. You know, this it's hard because we do have these like these personal relationships with these other species. And it's not their fault that they were introduced into places where they're wreaking havoc, right? It's not the fault of the species. And there's a whole really interesting like realm of sort of like philosophy um, and conservation thought around like how we handle these issues with all the species that we've relocated all over the world. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. And I know you report on this uh, for the New York Times regularly, and I really appreciated your sensitivity on this. And I also can't help but wonder if the New York Times assigned you this story because your name is Cat. <laughs> And of course, you have to report on the latest cat news. Catherine Einhorn is a journalist for The New York Times who covers biodiversity, climate, and the environment. Thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for listening to SoundSide. This show is only possible because listeners support us. If you're able to give right now, please check out the show notes for a link to donate. And don't forget, you can listen live on KUOW 94.9 FM Seattle at noon and 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday or anytime online at KUOW.org.